0: This is Sci-Fi Talk, the podcast on how sci-fi, fantasy, horror, and comics help us explore our humanity. From Sci-Fi Talk Plus, the Mix 100, selected by listener downloads in this ever-changing list. And number 27 is Alexandra Monier, author of Black Canary, Breaking the Silence. What I like about this, and speak to this, is using your own background and the Iranian revolution to kind of inspire the story a little bit and to use that as a kind of a grounding point.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, first of all, thank you for saying that about how you're glad Black Canary is getting her due. Cause I totally agree. Um, and I'm so excited that I can, that I had this dream opportunity to get to, to make her the starring role in a YA book. It was just so exciting. Yeah. And and, yeah, it was absolutely my background that inspired the story. Um, I was thinking about the fact that it's just so remarkable that black canary's superpower is her voice rather than you know something i don't know like a magical hammer you know what I mean like yes. the fact that it's the fact that it's in her voice and it's not you know an Iron man suit or like you know Superman skills like it, that to me was so so powerful because of the fact that I come from a background where after the revolution in Iran in 1979, women's rights were vastly taken away. And mm. one of the rights that was stripped from women was the right to sing in public. And my grandmother was a an incredibly successful, famous opera singer, Monir Vakili, before the revolution. And she founded an opera company. She founded the first co-ed boarding school for classical singers. She did all sorts of amazing things to help the next generation. And to suddenly have just everything go away. The opera company shuttered, the school closed, she's no longer allowed to perform, was obviously incredibly traumatic on her and also on, you know, the whole family that had to deal with all of this. And so, so I was born, you know, years after this in the United States, but it's still such a part of my background and history that I grew up hearing about, knowing about, and just realizing in a way that I think a lot of my peers here in the States didn't necessarily have that kind of dark realization of how, how fragile our rights can be. And, um, you know, and so because of that, I just really, I felt really strongly about kind of incorporating the idea of your voice being your power, but also your voice being something that people try to take from you. And that's obviously been the case for women over many, many, you know, years of history
0: more of the mix 100 with alexandra monier in a moment yes unfortunately even in this country it's been a problem and but, uh, but there's oh, some yeah. light there's some light at the end of that tunnel
1: yes yes definitely. And
0: and you definitely do something that's really cool is that you honor your grandmother by putting her in the story, which I thought was a really neat idea.
1: Yeah, um, thank you. It was so awesome for me to get to do that. Because I mean, I think that's what made this book so fulfilling to me was that I got to kind of write this, you know, slight spoiler alert, I got to write you know, a bit of a victory or a real victory for her that, you know, on the page that she didn't get to see in real life because sadly she passed away in a car accident just a few years after the revolution before I was even born. So I think Mm -hmm. the fact that I grew up with this legend of my grandmother being talked about so often and I never got to meet her. It was this really sad thing, but it also caused me to be so interested in her and just captivated by her story. And so in the book, there is an Iranian opera singer a character who plays a small but pivotal role. And, um, I actually rather than making it my grandmother exactly I made it I based the character on my grandmother even down to like the role that she played in um La Traviata and <laughs> but I also I also named her Mariam after this amazing woman Mariam Khosravani who runs the Iranian American Women Foundation and she 100%. really works to yeah she really does amazing things to try and further women's being able to like Move forward and achieve and literally use their voices here in the state. So I felt like that character was really special because it was, it was inspired by, by my grandmother and named after someone who in a lot of ways is kind of continuing the dreams my grandmother had. So, yeah, it's interesting because it's, um, it's really like a fun comic book superhero novel, but I was yeah. able to really instill it with these deeper themes, which made the book just such, such a joy for me to write and also one that I'm really proud of.
0: That's great. And you honor both ladies by putting them in the book and finding them, so to speak. But uh, but definitely both of them. And I think that's a wonderful way to do that. Thank Uh, you so much. And music is actually in your life as well. And yeah, you were you were a a former pop singer and songwriter. (laughs) And you actually um, you actually wrote a song for the Canary.
1: I did I did so there's three original songs um written into the story that readers will uh, find in the book. Um, they, they take place at kind of pivotal moments in the book. And um, one of them in particular, The Black Canary Sings, which is a very important song in the book, yeah. um, I actually recorded it. So nice. that was really exciting to get to do. We're going to be releasing a trailer for the book Any Day Now, which has a snippet of the song in there. And then I'm working with DC and Random House to figure out how we can get the song for everyone to hear, you know, obviously for free Um, online, so that'll be available soon, but Yeah. I mean, that was another thing that made this project such a dream because uh, music is always a huge love for me. And so it was really the reason Black Canary was such a fit for me as a writer, because I have this huge connection to the voice and the power of the voice and, um, you know, music and all of that. So it was just it was just the best way of getting to combine the two loves of my life, books and music.
0: And getting Christina Aguilera as a uh, producer, Heather Holly, to produce.
1: Yes, 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 Not yes. a
0: bad deal either.
1: <laughs> yeah, Heather and I have been working together um, from for, for years now, like from okay. my young pop singer days. And so as soon as I knew I was going to get to do this project, I think even before I'd fully written the song, I texted her right away. And I said, I have something for you that we got to do this together for Black Canary. And um, she was really excited about it also.
0: As far as Black Canary, is this mm-hmm. kind of an origin story for her and <laughs> and literally finding out who she is?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's absolutely origin story. She, we open the book with Dinah having no knowledge of any power she doesn't even know that she can sing at all or use her voice in any sort of powerful capacity, mm-hmm. and that's because in Gotham City in this near dysto near future dystopian setting that I've created, uh, women are unable, like physically, to sing. And there's a whole you know shadowy explanation for that too in the book that involves. Mm-hmm some classic iconic DC characters, vil- villainous characters. Of course. But but anyway, so so when we open the book, yeah, she has no idea about any sort of powers she possesses. And that was so exciting to get to write her origin story. And the interesting thing about Black Canary as a superhero is she's had a lot of different sort of alternate histories oh, and yeah. uh, <laughs> it's been retconned a bunch. Um, so for me, I just kind of said, okay, what do I want to, first of all, do I want to write about Dinah Drake or Dinah Lance? Cause you know, first there was one Black Canary, then two, then, you know, there's just been all these different alternate histories. And in a way it sort of gave me freedom because I felt like, you know, for example, with Peter Parker, like that's a very set origin story with, you know, the aunt and uncle and things like that. And, and so you don't want to stray too far from that. But with Black Canary, I, I really could kind of create my own thing based on the background, like it's pulling from different pieces of her backgrounds from the comic books. So, you know, I knew I wanted to incorporate Dinah Drake, but rather than having there be, you know, sort of the same person in two bodies so it's like you know let's let's go with the mother-daughter one and um I wanted to incorporate Larry Lance and but I also wanted to incorporate Oliver Queen so that's how I kind of decided okay well Larry's gonna we're gonna go with like the Larry being the dad and you know so I, I really went for the Dinah Lance you know personification of the character rather than Dinah Drake and then kind of built what I wanted around that for her sort of upbringing and backstory and and yeah it was really really cool to be able to kind of pull all the things that i like about her or different origin stories and kind of yeah. create my own unique one
0: now is oliver this is a young oliver queen i take it
1: yes yes young oliver queen young green arrow and that yeah. was the the most fun relationship to get to write yeah, the two yeah. of them.
0: Yeah, it's kind of iconic in the comics. You know, yes,
1: very, very. So, yeah. um, and in the comics, obviously, they're older. So it was really yes. fun for me to get to imagine what it would have been like if if a young Green Arrow and a young Black Canary had met in high school. Like, that was, like, the ultimate fun yeah. thing to write as a fan.
0: Mm-hmm. Obviously, this is a character that has an origin and essentially yeah. is owned by DC Comics. <laughs> yes. So you're dealing with them uh, – were there any restrictions of things you could or could not do?
1: You know, they, I was, I was and am really impressed by the freedom that they gave me creatively Um, because I did tell a story that was, it was different. You know what I mean? Like dystopian, it has this politically charged kind of element to it. Um, And I was really, really grateful that they just kind of, they saw that I had a vision and they just let me go for it. And, you know, and the fact that it also takes place in a time where, like, most of the superheroes have died, and Batman's dead, and, like, you know, of old age, and it's, like, it, it's just a different sort of Gotham City. Yeah. And, um, and they really let me run with that, and I'm so grateful for that. At the same time, though, I I was really aware that I've got this incredible, like, I was given the keys to the most amazing kingdom, and I don't oh, want to yeah. mess with it, you know, oh, yeah. so... I was really true to the setting, to the characters, and really kept it. Even though it was a different, a unique story, I kept everything very, very authentic to what would make sense in this world. You know, what makes sense for these characters. I didn't have anyone, like, act wildly out of character or anything like that. And they did at the end when I had a final draft. That's when Warner Brothers and DC, uh, both like editors from both divisions, kind of gave it um, a really good, careful read, gave me some notes. Uh, but there wasn't anything that changed the story. If anything, it was just okay. kind of clarifying certain character points. And right, right, yeah, I would say the biggest kind of thing is just is just that to, that's different from writing your own book is is knowing that you kind of understandably have to sort of get approvals for, for, you know, anything that you kind of put out there about the character and just, just constantly being aware that, okay, you have your own vision, but you have to obviously make sure that, you know, it fits with what DC is envisioning for the character long-term too.
0: More of the Mix 100, number 27, Alexandra Monir, Black Canary, breaking the silence in a moment. Yeah, I, I think what I love about DC and they've done this and are continuing it in the cinematic universe. Yeah. Also, is that they've been able to reinterpret characters and set alternate histories of characters and you know and, and put it out there. And the fans have been accepting because they've always done it. They've been doing it as since I was a kid. And yeah. which is a yes. while ago. But but so <laughs> I, I'm I'm just impressed that they can do that. Well, other companies, awesome. maybe their origin stories are kind of locked in stone, although they've yeah. made some changes to them also. And they, uh, you know, they, they you can only be a certain way. But to create a future where Batman is dead and the heroes are gone, you can do that in the DC universe probably more than other places. So I really commend Yeah. Them.
1: I commend them too a lot because I think it makes it fresh. You yes. know what I mean? Like there's only so many ways you can tell the same story. And so right. the fact that they let us change it up is really great. And I think it creates more opportunities for fans of those characters because there's just, you know, more content for us. That's, you know, that's, that's not all the same. There's just these great variations and that's so cool.
0: It is cool. No, I do like that they do that. And it's, it's, again, commendable. You know, oh, what's interesting also about this is, and, and I'm, I'm going to get on my immigrant soapbox because I'm an immigrant too.
1: Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah, where was, are you from? I
0: was born in Cuba. So I, I oh, you know, awesome! I know a little bit about oppression. <laughs> so, yes,
1: you do. You know. you know,
0: I mean, I, I was very young. I was about six years old when I came over. In the Mm -hmm. early 60s, which gives you an idea of my age. But anyway, (laughs) um, I remember at the local school where I went, I would see the militia, you know, Castro's troops armed with Russian machine guns in like the courtyard near the merry-go-round where I used to play. It's really wild. But anyhow, that perspective, you know, your perspective in writing this story it it brings it home it makes it personal for you but you can project that into the story as opposed to yeah. somebody writing it that was you know born here wherever essentially doesn't have that kind of background and yeah. would have to research something like that but since totally. it's in your family you bring that perspective and and that's what i think really makes the immigrant experience so powerful the people that come from Places that were areas of oppression tend to really value what this country has to offer.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and I think um, I think it also helps us kind of see warning signs maybe a little bit earlier. So, for example, you know, you mentioned that you know women's rights uh, in the states aren't are really not a given, um, all the time. And, or I'm paraphrasing. I don't mean to put words in your mouth, but I felt like you were on the same page with me as that. And, um, and I think it's so it's just like, you hear about things happening in the news, different, different rights for women being kind of in question. And like, for me, it just immediately sort of makes what I'm writing about feel that much more, eerily relevant. And I think the reason I kind of see that far down the path where um, if you haven't gone through an experience like that, you might not be as worried is because I know like, you know, one minute, one minute, you could have this incredible career. And then the next minute, it could all be taken from you because you're a woman, you know, and it sounds so extreme. I know, but (laughs) it happens. and, And that's what's so scary.
0: It it does happen, and again for DC and in Marvel too, they do have and are developing a staple of strong women. And, yeah, uh, yeah. Wonder Woman's out as we record this in a few weeks. And, yes, uh, I can't wait. Yeah, I mean neither can I. I love the first movie. And, oh,
1: so good, so yeah, good.
0: And uh, and she's a natural. She yeah, her passion and her you know her her hope her hopefulness really came through and and really took the character to a new level i thought and oh yeah and i'm looking forward yeah, to seeing it. what they do next setting in the 1980s is is it's should, so fun should be a lot of fun yeah to look back on some of the things we kind of shake our heads and go wow what, what were we thinking but yeah uh, that's definitely
1: okay. my uh, my Christmas plan for sure.
0: Yeah, we're going to watch that movie. We're definitely going to see it around the holidays since uh, we're not going <laughs> anywhere this year for obvious nope. Yeah. We're all hunkering down, as we say. But uh, Yes. But yeah, that sounds great. Uh, that is really, really cool. I can't really wait. Uh, it's out December 29th.
1: Mm-hmm, so yes. People know,
0: as we record this and it's going to be, uh, I'm sure, available uh, is it available electronically as well as a physical?
1: Yes, it's a hard it's available in a hardcover, ebook, and audiobook. Oh, wonderful. Um, yeah, and it comes out uh, December 29th, which uh, so it'll be perfect just a couple days, a few days after Christmas Day. For those of you who celebrate, it can be like a little post little post Christmas gift um, yeah. and fun book to take you into the new year with. And um, I'm also offering some pre-order goodies for anyone that orders before December 29th, but we're going to extend it basically through publication week as well. So oh, through great. first week of January. So yeah, follow me on social media or visit my website at com for details on that.
0: That sounds good. Hey, the audiobook, uh, Do you know who did uh, who did uh, her voice?
1: I believe her name is Kathleen McInerney. I hope I am saying that right. But cool. she's awesome. Um, I was given the option of a few different narrators. And luckily, me and D.C. had the same first choice. So,
0: Oh, wow, great. Great.
1: Yeah. So that was great. I can't wait to hear how she reads it.
0: Yeah, it's going to be wild to hear your words coming out of, uh, you know, somebody playing your character.
1: I know. I or know. It'll,
0: it's,
1: yeah, exactly. Well, <laughs> totally. I mean, it's it's, your yeah, version. It, it's my version of their character. Yeah, it's it's funny because you get so attached to the book and your words and you feel like this is like your heart on the page, you know. So it's, I get like both excited and nervous to hear someone else read it.
0: Mm hmm. Yeah <laughs> I, as I said I think uh, I think it's great for Black Canary uh, she was featured in uh you know, the birds of prey, birds of prey recently. And yes. you know, they w- one thing that DC is doing, and they did a uh you know, a swap. They made her an African American young lady, which was mm-hmm. and, and she was awesome. And so great. Journey she, Smollett. She yeah. Oh, she was amazing. fantastic. And she discovered her yeah. voice in, in the movie too, which was cool. But um mm-hmm. yeah, it and 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 obviously um with Jason Momoa, they certainly Uh, his Aquaman is certainly not blonde and blue eyed.
1: Yeah, uh, I know. I love I'm so proud to be working with this company because, yeah, yeah, I mean, they really, um, you know, they they really make a point of keeping their productions diverse. And I just love
0: that. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's I think that's the way they're going to be going from now on. I've already heard a few things. About and it
1: it just it represents their audience in the world. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah, I think actually I was going to say that. I heard that uh, for the Adam, who's going to appear in Zack Snyder's Justice League, uh, mm-hmm. he's going to be played by an Asian-American. So,
1: oh, that's oh. so cool. Well, I, yeah, love that. I think it's awesome I know, because that I feel amazing. like Asian-Americans have been really underrepresented. on the Absolutely.
0: Screen, for Absolutely. Sure. Absolutely. So. Now, if we can get a couple of Hispanics in there. I'd be happy, but
1: they're working. I know. Well, <laughs> uh, you know, what's what's uh, been really great with that is um, uh, Star Wars.
0: Yes, oh yes yeah oh they've my been, God yes
1: they've had great great uh Latinx representation
0: yes Oscar uh, you know he's half Colombian and half Cuban and very proud of him and, yeah, uh, and what he's done. Pedro
1: Pascal oh and, I love Pedro yeah. I love Pedro. yeah
0: he's he's fantastic you know I' yeah, am awesome. he did a, a short movie that I Called Prospect, which I thought was a, a great audition for the Mandalorian. He was
1: oh, cool.
0: He was perfect. He was kind of like a a, a bounty hunter, soldier of fortune. And I go, oh yeah, he can do The Mandalorian. No
1: he is so so good in the Mandalorian. I just love it.
0: But you know, there is a lot more diversity that's coming down the pike, and I'm really excited to see what happens next. And uh,
1: yeah, absolutely. You
0: know, it's and it's good to continuing this trend of women being represented in comics and in and yeah. you know I don't And
1: DC and DC that's you know another reason I'm so honored to be affiliated with them as they were they were the first I mean with Wonder Woman and yeah. they just really I mean you have to remember both Wonder Woman and Black Canary were from so long ago yes. I mean Black Canary debuted in 1947 when women right. were still expected to just be like buttoned up housewives and so uh. The fact that DC so early on saw, you know, our gender as being able to be, you know, just as good of fighters and just as strong as really, really something special.
0: Oh yeah. I mean the original Trinity of the justice league and that's what they're called. The Trinity, Batman, yeah. Superman, and wonder woman. Yeah. Original three. So it's uh, awesome. Yeah. And and they kind of built the squad from there and, and that's how it, how it all started. So yeah, I mean totally. Wonder Woman's been a big part of it. And uh, and Black Canary played a huge part in the Justice League animated series too, by the way. And that was Oh nice.
1: yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: That was For really sure. cool. her relationship with Oliver Queen has Green Arrow was hysterical. Their back and forth was so cool to see on that. The banter. Oh my God, yeah. Oh,
1: <laughs> my God, yeah. Oh, <laughs> I love
0: it. Before we go, did you research any of that to to kind of get an idea of the characters a little bit, even though you were yeah. doing your own take?
1: Yeah. You know what I researched the most was honestly the comic books and the history. Oh, um, because, yeah, that's that's where I really did the most kind of just delving into everything from, mm-hmm. you know, the different incarnations of the character to the different key relationships that she tends to have over the course of the canon. So, yeah, so I really went back far in terms of researching the comic books. I didn't do as much research into the different TV series, because I know there yeah. have been a few animated ones, plus the Birds of Prey TV series. So I did a little bit of watching all of them. But the thing I probably did the most research on was the original comics.
0: Yeah, it's a good place to start. Yes,
1: definitely. As far, as, far
0: as your own work, would you, would you working on anything right now?
1: Well, right now I'm very much in the thick of, uh, pre-publication for this book, sure. but, um, But as soon as the holidays are over, I'm going to be diving full force into drafting uh, my next book, which is actually somehow miraculously, I lucked into getting to write another iconic character, this one for Disney. I'm writing a YA, young adult historical fantasy based on Princess Jasmine for that. Oh, wow.
0: Fantastic. Oh, there you go. Thank you.
1: Thank you. Yeah, that I mean, that is another like pinch me. I'm dreaming kind of moment because obviously, you know, she's. The only Middle Eastern princess I grew she up with. She is. She is.
0: So, she uh, is.
1: so and you're the right person huge. to
0: write it too. Believe me.
1: Thank you. I <laughs> I feel that way. So I'm so grateful. Disney agreed. Um, That's great. Yeah, and then I have obviously my own uh, kind of original worlds and stuff that I'm building too. So hopefully, hopefully, I'll be announcing something else about one of um, one mm-hmm. of my own ideas.
0: So for Jasmine, you're going to be able to maybe build up a backstory for her and all of that?
1: A little bit, but it's more actually, it's more about uh, after the events of the movie. Oh, so, okay.
0: There you go. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So oh. it's, it's essentially like what happens when... Uh, uh, to kind of give you the like quick pitch of what I'm writing, it's yeah. um, it's basically you know her father, the Sultan, has died unexpectedly, and uh, suddenly she is going to ascend to the throne and be sultana. But then somebody from the past comes to try and uh, uh, take the throne from her. So it's kind of my Game of Thrones meets yeah. the Crown <laughs> with, in the, Disney Princess World, which I'm very excited about.
0: Hey, that's great. That's great. That's fantastic. <laughs> that sounds like a lot of fun.
1: Thank you. I'm excited.
0: Well, thank you, and I, you know, I appreciate, and it's great to have your voice out there here in America, telling oh, your stories thank you. and thank uh, and you from so your much perspective, and uh, just keep at it.
1: Thank you. I really appreciate it, and thank you for, um, yeah, thank you for shining a light on my stories.
0: Absolutely. Once again, it's Black Canary Breaking Silence, and that will be out from Random House yes. on December 29th. A good company there. And DC and the DC Universe, which is one of my favorites as well. <laughs> Yay. Available as an audiobook as well. And um, hey, I'm crossing my fingers. If they're smart, they'll do it as a comic, too. But that's just me.
1: <laughs> I hope so. Or a graphic novel. Yes. Yeah, that'd be great. Dream. That'd be
0: great. All right. All right. So thank you again, Alexandra, for being on. Thank you. And thank you all for listening to Sci-Fi Talk. This is Tony Talato. Until next time, and to you, Alexandra, and everyone, happy holidays.
1: Happy holidays. All
0: right. Bye-bye. The Mix 100 is one of the many special programs available where you, the listener, can determine the list by your downloads. It's part of Sci-Fi Talk Plus, which makes a great gift not only for yourself, but also for your friends and family. Now over 900 episodes, commercial-free, uncut, and even special programs. The best part, it's free, but it's only free for a limited time. Just click on the link in the show notes for that free lifetime access. Don't forget, it is limited. This is Tony Tolado.